sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. When will the Catholic Church get with the times? This is a question that many Catholics hear, many Catholics receive from Catholics and non-Catholics alike. So how are we to respond to that charge? When will the church get with the times? How do we answer to that question, respond to that objection when it's posed to us, whether it's by Catholics or others alike? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. So if you have questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic, as in Sioux Falls Catholic, not San Francisco Catholic. Nothing against St. Francis. And uh, sfcatholic.org. I'm joined uh, by a waving hand across. I do not know what that what, just what happened. What was that about? Uh, <laughs> well, just to clarify where we're from, you know. Yes. Place yes, matters. Yes, we snagged the SF Catholic before Way, San Francisco yes, we did. could. Yes, we did. Uh, so I'm joined by Renee Kranz across from me. How are you doing, Renee? Happy New Year, Renee. Happy New Year. And we can, oh, no, can't say Merry Christmas anymore. By the time people are here. Oh. Uh. Even though, <clears throat> even though the studio yeah, definitely, you should have told me that. I could have yeah. taken the studio you stuff down. Should have thought about it. I mean, this is your studio. I know, but tomorrow I have to do Catholic views, which will still be during. Christmas. I know. I hear, I hear you've got a great oh, guest. Oh, we do. But that's it's... old by the time people are hearing this. All right. <laughs> so. Oh, in case you didn't hear it, then it's Doctor Bergwald on oh, the Epiphany. Yes. So go back. So go back and listen. Yes. yes. We can talk about the Epiphany. Um, Speaking of which, Renee, when did uh, the, when did the Christmas season end? The Christmas season? Yeah. Well, thoughts vary. Thoughts vary on this. Apparently, no, they don't. Oh, I've seen articles that say it varies, and I was like, "What?" Um, well, the Epiphany, Epiphany, baptism, Epiphany. I do this a? every time. B. In fact, I just did it on a. Catholic Views not very long ago, and now B. I don't already don't remember. Baptism of the Lord. Okay. Which this year was Monday, the day yes. after we celebrate Epiphany in our country. Yes. Because we transfer Epiphany to Sunday. Right. right. Anyway, uh, so we are now square. Now, what some people will be talking about is the old, the quote unquote old calendar, the calendar of the liturgical, liturgical calendar prior to Vatican II. Um, I'm almost certain, one thing I am certain about, the thing I'm not quite as sure about, but I'm almost certain that the Christmas season still ended on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, but there was a Christmas cycle that went until February 2nd. Yes. Which is the presentation of Jesus. The, yes, the I Feast think of the Presentation right. or Candles. I've heard that too. But yeah. that was not the Christmas season. That was the Christmas cycle, which is, they're very, very different things. So as far as I know, for well, they centuries. They sound almost exactly the same. For so. centuries. <laughs> Um, the Christmas season has ended on the so, which I'm still going to take my Christmas decorations down on, on the Saturday. Second? Oh, this Saturday. Yeah, because yeah, oh. the Packers play in the middle of the day on Sunday, so I got to make sure I get it done on Saturday. You have Monday. To, you have till Monday to do it. You can I'm take it down Monday. On Monday. Well, take, take the take the morning off. To, oh, uh, anyway, <laughs> then the, the sad thing about this little rant. 
it wasn't a rant or a diatribe. It was a tangential conversation. Is that it's all news to the people who are listening to this right now? Because <laughs> so we should stop. We should stop. Um, so we're going to talk about the church getting with the times. So um, yes, ma'am. Before you do, and maybe you're already going to do that. What do you mean by getting with the times? What does that mean? That's a great question. So the reason I want to talk about this, um, this is the topic. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done this. I think I'm is actually. It? Um, complimenting the Bishop's Bulletin column that I wrote uh, for this month with an episode. For of January, page. yeah. Um, so January, that's the title of, um, so I have this, I don't know if you know this, Renee, I have a monthly column. We, we allow Bulletin. Dr. Bergwald to write stuff for you the You came Bulletin. to me like three years ago begging <laughs> me to write a monthly column. Does the church have an answer is the, the name of the column, and the title for this month's episode is When Will the Church Give It the Time? So this is a question. So we, it's a Q&A format, mm-hmm. as you know, but mm-hmm. for the sake of the listeners. Um, so this was the question um, that I wanted to answer in January. I have both family members and friends, both Catholics and others, who often ask something along the lines of, when will the Catholic Church get with the times and update its teachings? How do I respond to challenges like this? So in that, the question within the question, uh, we get an answer to your first question. Mm-hmm. Um when will the Catholic Church get with the times and update its teachings? Yeah. So usually when people say this, and again, Catholics can ask it, non-Catholics can ask it, mm-hmm. it comes from all everywhere. Um, that, that almost always means when will the church update its teachings? Now, one might pose your question again, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And that means to change its teachings to be more in line with what we know about people today. And a lot of people might be <clears throat> thinking that the church can totally do that because other faiths have done that. Other other faiths have changed their teachings, and the Catholic Church certainly changes things. Right. We we I mean we just we went on that little like we talked about the difference between the mass before and after Vatican II. Oh, right. All sorts of changes were made in the church by the church. Um, after Vatican II, the mm-hmm. light, especially around the Mass, the language of the Mass, the direction the priest faces, all these things, some of the rituals within the Mass and the other segments, all sorts of changes have been made. So why does the church, the church update other teachings as well? Right. Because not all teachings are the same. What do you mean by that? Uh, doctrine and, well, and I can never remember the difference between doctrine and dogma, but doctrine is not the same as how we do Mass. Right, discipline. So discipline, that's the idea yeah. that you're looking for. So, yeah, our practices, um, things like yeah, how we do mess the discipline. There, there are there are definitely things within the church that the leaders of the church have the authority to change. Right, it's absolutely true. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, and and just to so real briefly the biblical background of that. Then we've talked about this before on ignition. Um, the the idea of um, the king giving the keys to the kingdom to someone else is an Old Testament idea. Mm-hmm. Back in Isaiah chapter 22, we read about how there's this basically this figure, the prime minister who had the keys to the kingdom on behalf of the Davidic king. Right. And the job of the prime minister in, in the Davidic kingdom of the Old Testament was basically to handle the day-to-day affairs of the kingdom on behalf of the king. Uh, so this was that David personally per se, but David's successors, the Davidic kings of, of uh, Ju- Judah, um, had this figure, and his job was to sort of run things on a day-to-day basis. He literally had a key to 
something. All the doors. All the, right, exactly. Um, Jesus the is, what's that? It's the A key. It's don't the you A key? Know? Yeah, it's the A key. Isn't it the master key? What's the A key? Well, yes, but it, here it's the A key. Oh, is it? Really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not at your level of authority. So, oh. <laughs> um, um, so Jesus is the Davidic king, the new Davidic king, the son of David, the Messiah. And he too, like his human ancestor, has a, um, a prime minister. Peter, and then his successors, the bishops of Rome, from Peter all the way down to today to Pope Francis. So Pope Francis and his brother bishops do have some degree of authority to administrate the day-to-day affairs of the kingdom. Right. Um, so each bishop within his diocese, and then the Pope in his diocese, the Diocese of Rome, and universally. They have some authority to, ch- to change certain things that we do. Right. But this does not apply, going back to your excellent point, to everything all the time. Right, right. It's about uh, human law, if you will, human practices within the church, but not everything in the in the church is a matter of human law or human practice. Some things of the church are given to us by God himself. Right, right. And those things, nobody right. has the authority to change. Only God. Only God. So, and he's not and going that, to. that would require a new revelation, which... Right. Which is not going not to happen. happen. So on, the, on that, real quick, by the way... Um, there's a lot of ways to answer this. So this is not, I'm not looking for a right answer. I'm just curious. Right now, why can't there be any new revelation? Oh, yeah. See, and I've always wondered this. So <laughs> what what's what's Jesus? What is Jesus in his divinity? Like what's one of the titles for, for him? Is, uh, in his divinity. In his divinity, King of Kings. Yep. But before the uh, incarnation. Before the incarnation, the word. Is the word. So in the incarnation, the father spoke the word. The Father spoke his, the Father has no other words to, to say. I see. Okay. He spoke the word with a capital W mm-hmm. um, in the incarnation. Jesus is the word of God. There are no other words left for the Father to speak because in Jesus, it's all been said. So when Jesus comes in his second coming, there could be, there could <clears throat> be new words, but... Well, so I mean, Jesus, this is so, the second coming, so, obviously, so it's kind of too late by then, so, right? <laughs> um, Jesus said things, obviously. It wasn't yeah. just in his incarnation, being born, and then he, he said things. Yes. But the, 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 what this means is there's no other teachings right. that he needs to give us. Right. Um, so, yeah, Jesus says things to me in my prayer right now, but they're not new teachings. They're right. not new doctrines. Um, they are, uh, I mean, things for me just in, in terms of our relationship, but then just giving me new insights maybe into the teachings mm-hmm. that he already revealed to his apostles 2,000 years ago. Right. So at the end of time, he will come again, and <laughs> he's going to, I mean, we read what he says, that yeah. the, the Son of Man is going to come in glory, and to those on his right, he's going to separate the the sheep and the goats, the goats, left and the right. And he'll say to those on his left and those on his right. Jesus will say things. So when I say that Jesus has the word and the Father has no words left to say, Jesus says things as the word of mm-hmm. God. But there's no more new. There's no new teachings that he has left for you right. because that he has said. He, he said he said it all. Right. If you will. It's the highest level of teaching that could possibly happen. So yeah, it's yeah. God Himself. Yeah. So going back to our, well, before I go back. Any any questions? Anything you want me to tidy up with what mm. we were just talking about? I don't think so. So so there are things in the church that can change, mm-hmm. um, like uh, so. My, I, I know um, every now you know as you know, Renee, um, my dad will oftentimes call me Sunday 
Sundays, sometimes Mondays, as Trees listens. So Dad and I, um, years ago, had a conversation exactly along these lines mm-hmm. um, where he, um, being <clears throat> very old. Uh, <laughs> no. I, did, I did not say that or have anything to do with that, Mr. Bergwald. Um, uh, Dad, <laughs> Dad being alive at the time of Vatican II and afterwards, like, well, there's all these changes. Why can't the church change these other things? Mm-hmm. Um, so my my own father is one example. Now, for Dad, it was really I would I would say um, really a question of wondering, like, well, why why not? Like right. some people, well, why the church? Not that he wanted something changed, but no. he's just wondering why not. Correct. Yeah, and maybe well, why why maybe would it be better? To, uh, but not like Dad wasn't out there, you know, pitchfork or whatever. <laughs> Marching. Ch- uh, he wasn't doing the Bergwald pound on the table. He was not. He was not. Um, so, so that's just one example of my own, like my own family, mm-hmm. somebody posing this because they've experienced it yeah. in a very real way. And uh, we've experienced it in smaller ways uh, for you and I, Renee, um, what is it? 12, over 12 years ago now, the, the changes in how we pray, mm-hmm. say, the translation, translation. of mass. Mm-hmm. That was a change. Yeah. So there's always changes. So if the church can change some things, why doesn't she change other things to quote unquote get, get with the times? Okay. So we're, we're going to continue uh, with this in just a minute. But if you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Renee Kranz about how to answer the question: When will the church get with the times? When will the Catholic Church get with its times and update its teachings? So. Um, Setting discipline aside, then, let's look at actual, as, as the question uh, from the January's Bishop's Bulletin column that I was trying to answer, puts it, update its teachings, not its practices, not its disciplines, its teachings. Uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about before. G- so when we talk about teachings, and this is what I talk about in the column uh, this month, we're talking about doctrines. Mm-hmm. We're talking about things that we believe. And that includes like how we act and so on. Um, but these are doctrines that the church has always said have been revealed to us by, well, Jesus himself or before them by God Mm -hmm. in the old Testament. So whether it's a scripture and tradition, through scripture or tradition, the old Testament prophets, um, leading up to Jesus himself, these are God's teachings that he has given to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and therefore, this is the short version of how to answer this question. Church can't change her teachings right. because they're not hers to change. So even if, even if say, um, <clears throat> everybody in the church wanted this thing to change yep. because this is, society says this is fine or whatever, and we really want this to change, we can't. We literally can't change it. Literally cannot. It's not within, uh, yeah, it's not within the authority of anybody in the church, whether you're talking about Bishop DeGruy down the hall or Pope Francis in Rome. It's not within the authority of anyone in the church to change the church's doctrine. Okay. Now, um, we do grow in our understanding of Jesus's teachings over time. Okay. Um, and so there, 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 there can be growth in understanding. Um, so that's called the development of doctrine. St. John Henry Newman really did a lot with this. He's a British convert in the 19th century. He, did a lot of he helped us to understand more. He wrote a lot on the idea of the development of doctrine. But, but never uh, is there a complete reversal of something the church has always formally taught. Right. The church has formally taught 
this is true, and later said, uh, no, we got that wrong. It's not true. There's growth in understanding and how that applies at different times, but never a complete reversal of a doctrine the church has always taught. So can you give us a, an example of a doctrine that developed over time? So, yeah, so one— um, for, for me, one example of this is what the church says about religious indifferentism. Okay. So I thought you'd go with me you on know, Mary or something uh, simple nope, like that. No, 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 no. Because this is a more recent one. This is really relevant to some of the controversy about Vatican II. Okay. So at Vatican II, the church uh, said that we should have um, formal conversation, ecumenical dialogue is the technical term, with other Christians and with Jews uh, and with people of other religions completely. Um, so ecumenical dialogue specifically is dialogue with other Christians. Mm -hmm. People believe in Jesus, but believe other things about what he's revealed, like Lutherans and Methodists sure. and Baptists and so on. Well, to some people that looked like the church was now saying it doesn't matter oh. if you're Catholic or not. Sure. Um, so, so if you back up maybe a hundred ish years from Vatican II, 80 years from Vatican II, give or take, um, Protestants were starting to have ecumenical dialogue amongst themselves. Oh, okay. They were talking, okay, listen, we, we need to be talking because um, our divisions— so What's that? <laughs> that didn't work out so good. Well, because their divisions, <laughs> their divisions, they recognized, were hurting the cause of evangelization. Right, yeah. So um, they start to have conversations, and I don't know if— if, uh, to be honest, I don't remember if they invited Catholics or if Catholics said, hey, can we participate in this conversation? And at that time, the church, uh, in terms of like the Pope and the bishop said, no, um, we're, we don't want, we're not going to participate in ecumenical dialogue because that will foster, because that's, that's, that goes against the church's teaching on religious indifferentism. The church has always taught that within the Catholic church is the fullness of truth and means mm -hmm. of salvation. Um, the church has always taught that. So uh, for, at the time, the thought was for us to engage in conversation with other Christians um, would would go against that teaching on religious indifferentism. Well, fast forward after Vatican II, the church says we can have conversations about religious, and, uh, sorry, about unity, about achieving unity, but that fundamental teaching has not changed. We still there's still a thing called religious indifferentism that church that the church condemns it says it doesn't matter what you believe. Yeah. We're, the church has has never been even that even today completely committed to ecumenical dialogue. The church has never said that oh, it doesn't matter what we believe. But but her response to ecumenical conversation did shift over time. Right. Does okay. that yeah make some sense? Yeah, it does. The other the other example that I offer is. The so in terms of development um, outside the church, there's no salvation. The Catholic Church has always taught outside the church there's no salvation. But what we, we've we've grown an understanding of what that means. What that means is, is that um, all salvation comes through through from from God through the church. So for anybody who gets to heaven, it's because of the grace of Jesus Christ, which is mediated through his body, the his mystical body of the church. It's made it through mediated through his body that that's that's how they even if they're not formally Catholic, they receive, if you will, salvation hmm. through the mediation of the church, whether right. they realize it or not. Right. Um now 
Yeah, so there's been growth in understanding. There have been people within the church throughout history thought that you literally had to be Catholic in order to go to heaven. Right. But the church never formally taught that. She just taught mm-hmm. outside the church there's no salvation. And then over the centuries grew in her understanding of that. Sure. Okay? Sure. So that's does that yeah. help clar- those examples clarify? Mm-hmm. That's not a reversal in teaching. Right. That's a growth in understanding. It's a clarifying of teaching. Yeah, yeah, sort of. yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I do. Think, I think sometimes. development. Yeah, a development, a, great, a deepening mm-hmm. understanding. But never has there been what was true. Now is no longer true as right. a matter of principle. Right. How we live that out might change. Yeah. Is the Trinity an example of that growth and yeah. understanding? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, as you say, that should be like the prime, prime example because it's. I mean, we'll never understand it entirely. No. So there's just always more. We've always more. grown in yes. understanding. Yeah. The, the metaphor that I oftentimes use for this is if you walked into a, a dark room that had the light and the lights were on the dimmer switch, whatever furniture's in the room when you walk in is in there, whether you can see it or not. Uh, yeah. But as you as you turn <laughs> the lights up brighter and brighter and brighter, you start to see with greater clarity the furniture's that, that the furniture that's in the room. Right. That's kind of what's happening throughout history. Sure. But of course, the furniture's in the, already in the room. The teachings are already there. We're growing an understanding of what those teachings are to some degree, but what they mean. Right, right. Does that? Yeah. So, will the Catholic Church get with the times and update its teachings? <laughs> again, she can't. There can be development, but again, as, I was, as we just took some time to hopefully explain a little bit, that development is never going to be a reversal. The church has never formally taught A and sometime later taught not A. Right. In terms of, of a doctrine that has changed. Right. Another important, a doctrine, not just what a bishop says, not even just what the Pope says day to day. Throughout history, this, this reality is about what the church has formally taught us. So here I'm thinking about what you'll find in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Those are formal teachings right. by the church. Um it's a, it's a presentation of what the church has received from God himself and presented to us in our own language, in our own day. Um, those, it, so um, Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, John Paul II, Paul VI, John XXIII, go all the way back. Popes have had personal theological views forever. That's not the same as a formal doctrine that's been taught by the church. Right. And it's the formal doctrines where we see there's never been a reversal from one at one point to another at a right. later point. Right. Because the church can't do that. Right. This is a, just a question, questions on that. Uh, well, just at, at, before we get done, I'm hoping you will answer the, how do I respond challenge so, like that? So <laughs> why? Because uh, I think that it's easy to just be like, oh, she can't. But most people are going to need more than that. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I do plan to do that, but I'm glad you highlighted it. The thing I want to say first, and then we'll get to that is... This. Um, so these teachings are not man-made. They're from God. And their purpose is for our sanctification and our salvation, for our fulfillment, for our flourishing, for our beatitude, that is for our ultimate definitive happiness. So I'll think of all the, the, the nice words like peace and joy and so on. That's what God wants for us. And these teachings are... the. To, to live according to these teachings is how we experience that. He gives us the strength, his life to do that in the sacraments, um, his grace. Um, and, and in these teachings, when we live them, that's how we receive, that's how we experience fulfillment as human beings. That's what sanctification, that's one way to understand sanctification. Right. 
So that's the other thing I want to emphasize about these teachings before we wrap up with the how to talk about this. These are these, te- and we I talked about this a lot on ignition. These teachings uh, might look hard, or they might be challenging, but not just I. The church assures you that these are the means by which we will be truly happy. Mm-hmm. They might see, they might be countercultural, but but to go with the culture is not always the path to happiness. Right. Right. Um, well, that's so, kind of one of my thoughts. It's like, why why do we want the church to get with the times? I mean, why would we want that? Yeah. Be, Have you looked around? Right, right. So, well, because we look at, and it does look like some of the church's teachings, but so uh, only men can be ordained as priests. Mm-hmm. That seems sexist. Right. So at first blush, it looks to some like, well, that's sexist. And is the church supposed to be about love and inclusion? Yes, but the teaching isn't is not sexist. Let me explain why. Right. Right. Um, so there's all sorts of other things. A lot of sexual morality in the modern era has been a lot about uh, around things like um, those with same-sex attraction mm-hmm. or who struggle with gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. A lot about the church being exclusive or hateful. We've talked about this also a lot. Even abortion. Right. All those Would sorts of things. A, yeah. um, it, they might seem that way because we breathe a certain cultural air. But when you look closer, you see that no, in fact— Living this way does lead to our happiness. Right, right. So how do we talk about this? So I, I think, first of all, I, I, to be honest, to, to clarify um, that these teachings, that the church says they come from God himself, and that's why we can't change them. Right. Um, they, they come from God. They're for our happiness. So therefore, nobody, with Pope Francis today, Pope Benedict 15 years ago, Whoever the next pope is, no pope has the authority to change these teachings because they come from God himself. And I think even more, this other point that we're just making, that actually as, as, as um, at first glance, um, maybe ridiculous as it sounds, these teachings are for your happiness and your fulfillment. Right. I think those are the two things. The church can't change them because they're not hers to change. They're of divine, not human origin. And these these teachings, uh, well, they might look hard, bigoted, sexist, whatever. Um, look again. Mm-hmm. People have done that throughout for two thousand years. People are still doing that today. People have been ad- diehard anti-Catholics, advocates of positions completely against the church's teaching. Some people have looked at, oh, I, ro- I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I found in actually embracing the teachings that I once rejected. I found happiness. Is it easy? No. no. Um, but actually, next week we're going to talk about how um, our last Pope, Pope Benedict, said, um, God did not promise us an easy right. life. Right, yep. He promised us great things. Yeah. So we've got like a minute left, Renee. Any any your own thoughts, questions? Well, I, I, should... think, I think sometimes when people come at us with these kind of questions, we get a little flustered right away. Yeah. So I think, to me, one of the best things you can do is just stay calm. And respond in charity, in just just as much like peace in your own heart as you can. You you know what you believe, you know what the church teaches, and try to explain that the best you can yep. in those ways, and and keep it simple. Yep. And then maybe send them to Doctor B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email us. Email us. Admission. Yes. <laughs> that is part of my job is to help yeah. people respond to these questions. So I'll try to do that a little bit in the column. Hopefully, try to do that a little bit more. In episode um the church uh frankly is always ahead yes yes we just don't quite get it that's right thanks (laughs) Renee. you bet
And folks, that will wrap up this episode. Again, you can contact us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with questions about this or any other questions about this episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, 